Okay, I'm hitting record now. Let, let me ask you guys a question. What happens if there's an overlap? When, you, when you're picking your favourite, do we just... Should I have a backup in my head, or, or, or? Um, if if mine, perchance, if mine is your pick, tell me, and I'll I'll just redo it and do a different one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, should I tell you what it is then? Is it? No, no, no. no. Okay. Wait. wait. <laughs> I'll use small words that you'll be sure to understand. You warthog-faced buffoon. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber having listened to it what did you say you are a sad strange little man don't call me stupid hello and welcome to the best bits a movie podcast where each week we pick our favorite scenes from randomly selected weirdly specific themes this is your co-host kevin a writer who doesn't like relate or understand children on a basic conceptual level who fears them and everything they stand for who recognizes (laughs) that children are our future but let's be real the future is bleak we all know it and do i blame children for that no i do not but i don't expect them to save us either i really don't and i'm joined once again by my co-host and writer of three films plus a Christmas special, who also happens to be a father of two, Will. Oh, heavenly hand. So, um, you've talked Huey doing Louie into bed uh, with that little fairy tale, have you? <laughs> and they sound asleep. <laughs> they are in their oh. grave. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I just found that recently that Huey, Louie and Dewey are actually the names of the robots from Silent Running. Yeah. I thought they were the little cartoon ducks. They're, they're both, Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. But, Will, we're not alone this week. We're not. Again, we have a guest. What? The guest this week is a man who has made a number of films, all of them starring children or having children in a significant role, who also has done episodes of TV that have had children in uh, major roles. And I thought, when I was thinking about guests we could have on for this episode... Um, I thought we should bring on someone who actually likes children, unlike myself, who could help us get through the podcast. And so this week we're joined by <laughs> Kieran Foy, Ireland's own Kieran Foy. How are you, Kieran? I'm very well, thank you, Kevin. How are you and your kids? They're sleeping soundly, six feet under. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have not met each other, have you? This no, is our first time. Just, yeah, it's. Uh, we were talking a little bit before everything got kicked off about kids. Great movie. <laughs> but, we're swap- uh, yeah. swapping techniques really and uh yeah uh, and i think you know we found a commonality a bit of brandy on the gums isn't it, it? <laughs> that's what it is yeah that that's what's tradition that's what my well my grandmother just gave me a 20 pack of cigarettes and told me to go to bed and knock myself out <laughs> my Good god stuff. well Kieran has directed, uh, he did a film just recently. The last one you did was called Eli. Um, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. Got Kelly Riley in it and Lily Taylor. Shall we begin? What do you think is making you sick? Lots of things. The air, water, dust. Eli is going to get worse before he gets better. There's something in my room. Bad dreams are a side effect. It's perfectly normal. I don't mean to freak you out, but this place gives me the creeps. I think she's making me sicker. It's the medication. No, it's not the medication. Why do I feel worse? Because it's working. I think something bad is happening. I only need to leave. Is his life in danger? Why are you doing this? You are sicker than you realize. You're going to get better. Promise? How would you sum it up? I suppose it's a, it's a kid with a secret and everything gets revealed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I kind of feel like it's okay to spoil it because it's... it's Spoiler it's, alert. <laughs> he, um, he turns out to have a certain demonic tendencies. Jesus Christ. Based on real life then? Based on, on experience with my own children and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, um, no, yeah, that's on Netflix. The the movie I made before that, I think, is on Netflix as well. Sinister Two. Um, that that was mostly ki- mostly kids uh, in 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 that movie. And then my first movie, Citadel, didn't have a kid lead, but um, kid villains though. Kid villains and um, yeah. and the character of Danny, I suppose, was a uh, a significant character. So so yeah, kind of. Is, that's what happens. I think you make you know you make your first movie, and then people like to 
pigeonhole you into like, oh, he's the he's the creepy kid guy. Let's <laughs> let's, get, let's get him to make another creepy kid movie. Um, and yeah, after I made Sinister Two, I remember saying to myself, I I don't want to do another movie with with creepy kids in it. Let's find something else. So you decide to do two movies. So I decided to, to wait a year and do two movies with creepy kids. Yeah. And you just did a couple of episodes on The Haunting of Bly Manor, which uh, also has a couple, a couple of creepy of kids. Creepy kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a theme here, a theme. Kieran. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe you should just stick, stick with it, roll with it. They say never work with children or animals, and you've done both, really. Yeah. And Kieran, do you find, from your experiences, I've worked with, I've had um, um, kid protagonists and you know, all three of my produced features, um, mm. But what I've always been surprised by, and I wonder if it's a similar similar thing to you, is like how amazingly good the kid actors are. I have found um, all the kid actors I've worked with to be incredibly talented and amazingly um, they're able to deliver their lines like, you know, at the drop of a hat. And did you yeah. have that, a similar experience? Well, yeah, I mean, I think if, if you cast right, that, mm. that's certainly true. I think there's 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 many who you don't cast who, who yeah. there's a there's a very good reason why you didn't cast them um but i think i think uh i've i've found that when you when you cast right and you have a, a you know a really smart kid and you can talk to that kid because i think there's a lot of you know uh uh you know having observed peers of mine directing with uh with kids on set sometimes I'll see a kid who I know is is capable of a great performance deliver something that's not so great, and a lot of the time it's it's how it's how they're being spoken to, you know. Okay. And I think I think it's like when you, I find when you you know when you speak to a, a kid like a kid, you know. I used to even remember this when I was a a child that have certain aunts and uncles that would someone would speak to me like I was two when i was eight or something you know they're like yeah. do you like school do you like you know whatever <laughs> and you you knew instinctively that that like you know, come on i'm, I'm that must I'm have been eight. very annoying for you is that really annoying <laughs> it, I mean, but exactly yeah that that way of, of speaking you know do you like sweets you know whatever the fuck you know, but like the what but, do you want to be when you grow up <laughs> but the, it was the it was the adults that treated you like a intelligent person that you had the most kind of respect for, and you ended up speaking back to them, even though you're you know you're you're eight, you're nine, you're ten, you have a, a limited sort of vocabulary. So you 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 they treated you as a, as a as someone worthy of respect, and um and I find that was Father Daly in our school. He uh, treated all the boys like adults. Um, I'm just I'm just going to take that I'm going to take that on the surface level of what you what maybe what you mean and not going to uh, I just uh, made him up oh good thank God <laughs> no I was just saying that 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 it's it's the performance and I guess in conjunction with how how you're communicating with them but the best are are are, in, are incredible and what I find as well as that when you you know you might give someone maybe you know let's say you give someone six marks within a scene like six points they need to hit around the set you know you're going to sit down on that line you're going to move over here on that line they can i interrupt and ask a stupid question is that like do you not have to tailor it for a child the workload because when you're saying six marks, even if me, I was on a set and I was given six marks, I'd be thinking, oh my God, that's a lot to keep in my head. Yeah. And I, I find like adults, adults, are, adults are like that. But the the crazy thing about a kid is they hear it once, they just nod. And every time, like clockwork, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it, they, they'll hit each mark. Um, and, and it doesn't look like they're looking for the mark. And, um, but, uh, but no, I think uh, I've, I've found them to be. You know the best of them to to be as 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 professional as any adult performer. You know, yeah. Because when I was like looking up, because uh, when we got this topic last week, well, I thought this is going to be a piss easy one. This is going to be straight ahead. I know what my my pick is, and uh, there's a few here and there. But then when I looked into it, oh my god! Now I think the best actors working are child actors. Oh yeah, and they're so good. They're so. I've just in the last two weeks, I've seen three features, all with um, kid protagonists, and they all could have made my list of like, Jesus, that's incredible. Uh, yeah, there's a, a plethora of amazing child performances in in films. But if you were to say to somebody, child actors, 
I think one of the first things that's going to come to to people's minds are how dodgy it is and how sort of doomed a lot of them are. But I was like making a list of of child actors who've gone on to great success as adults and child actors who fell by the wayside. But there were actually far more major A-list movie stars who used to be child actors than child actors who have, you know, had a, a, a sort of a sorrowful end. Wow. Which surprised me. And I can tell you a few of them. So in the sort of the, the camp of like tragic child actors, you've got like River Phoenix and um, Brad Renfro and uh, Brittany Murphy and Corey Haim and people like that. But when it comes to A-listers, you've got Christian Bale, Scarlett Johansson, Elizabeth Taylor, Anna Paquin, Leonardo DiCaprio, Ryan Gosling, Myla Kunis, Kristen Stewart, Christina Ricci, Kirsten Dunst, Drew Barrymore, Elijah Wood, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Natalie Portman, Kieran Knightley. It just goes on and on and on. And those are like people that hit their peak as adults, but were also major child stars at the time. So maybe it is that thing of, if you're talented as a kid, you're more likely to be an even greater actor as an adult. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal popped into my head when you were, I don't know, he might have been in that list. Um, yeah, and Heath Ledger was actually a child actor. And uh, yeah, he was only 28 when he died. Wow. So he was 23 when he did Brokeback Mountain. No, I don't know if it's because of my age, but I always thought he was much older than that. So you say, when you were, did he get his break and oh man, oh way. Was that where Heath Ledger got his break? Was it, was I thought he? he was in Young Hercules or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, very good. That yeah. was Ryan Gosling, not Heath Ledger. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. But yeah, I just thought, well, so many child actors have turned into great movie actors. Yeah, I think it's a good, you need a good support. Uh, a, if you've got a good set of parents or guardians guiding you through that, uh, that industry, then you should be safe and you should be protected. But by God. That's I, a question for you, Kieran. Do you have uh, those sort of helicopter parents that are like stage moms or, you know, the, uh, the, the, the chaperone that's always there that you can sort of get a sense that there are red flags, we'll say? Mm, yeah. yeah. Even I if mean, it's just kids coming into audition. Yeah, definitely in auditions. I mean, that's what I always think when you're, when you're casting kids, you almost need to cast their parents as well. Like you, you, you kind of you need to meet the parent. I often find that, you know, some of the best kid performances have that kind of, I don't know how to describe like a kind of Goldilocks zone of a kid that acts and, you know, sounds like a kid of that age, but at the same time, they're able to emote and they're able to, you know, take direction and stuff like that versus, you know, that kind of, I mean, what we'd call back home, like a, that kind of Billy Barry kind of over-the-top yeah, yeah. theatrical kind of... Um, uh, and I, I find that... A, Stage school kid. Yeah. And I find a lot of, you know, that's that's very evident early on. And a lot of the times those kids come with the kind of parent that decided they were going to be an actor before conception. Do you know what I mean? Mm, um, yeah. And... Um, and and it's it's very easy to, to you know when, whenever I get I'm I'm always wary when you know you get handed a you know somebody who has like you know a, a, an eight year old that has a headshot you know what I mean and it's like professionally photographed and like um you, you know it's it's it already starts to raise kind of like okay what's who decided this kid was going to be an actor like who you know was this decided you know when they were still in in nappies and you know so so um a lot of the time the the you know your instinct will match like you you'll meet the parents and you're like ah okay um but but most of the time i find you know uh the kids that have that kind of that that goldilocks sort of like the mix of sort of innocence but at the same time able to perform a lot of the time they could their their parents are very ordinary and supportive and yeah. you know uh and and in my experience so far anyway but yeah it's not a job it's probably more play for the kid and i yeah. think that's maybe an attitude you need for this industry to kind of keep your sanity in this industry that it's like it's not the end of the world you know it's just it's just the thing you know that you're doing you know mm-hmm. rather well, here's than a question for you too would you let your kids act or perform in the film business knowing what you know like you you've you're in it. You've seen it. You know what the personalities are like and what the what the working hours are like. Would you let them? 
I wouldn't have. I, I don't think I could. If if my kid wanted to act, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you're not doing something that they want to do that they find a creative expression in or whatever the thing. I think I'd actually probably feel I'm more armed to warn <laughs> to you know to 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 guide uh, somewhat within within the industry um than that maybe somebody without from from, from who, who who's not involved in the industry but uh i would typical say, nepotism yeah but i would i wouldn't um i wouldn't say no I, I, I my experience of it is not something where I'm like oh god i wouldn't let my own son do this this is like this destroys uh, you know uh, someone's character or sense of being i think I think, I mean, notoriety is its own piff. Like you can, you can have that where, where kids, many, many kid actors, um, certainly, you know, I'm not going to name names, but like people who grew up to be great adult performers who I've spoken to did suffer a lot of bullying in, in school because yeah. of that notoriety. You know what I mean? So um, that, that seems to be a, a big one. Yeah, for me, uh, uh, look, yeah, I, I had a similar answer to 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 Kieran there. Um, if they want to do it, then I'm not going to stop them. But also, you'd have to just, you know, at least be give them the, I suppose, the preparation for what to expect and not raise their hopes too much and keep them grounded. That's the key thing: keeping them grounded and protected. I think that's the main thing because it's yeah. a it's a tough. <laughs> you don't need to ask us. It's a tough industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Before we, we get into the, the actual topic and sort of like uh, talk about what our favorite scenes are from kid actors, I was going to ask him what sort of favorite moments do you have directing a kid uh, in one of your projects? Oh, um... And I'll tell you why I ask, because I was looking up how Spielberg, you know, he gets great performances out of his kids. Mm, yeah. And in uh, Close Encounters, I was just skimming this earlier, in order to get the little toddler kid to react, they, um, they, <laughs> oh God, I'm not going to be able to get through my own. <laughs> they tranquilized the gorilla and they brought it in. And they shot it with adrenaline. And so the kid is reacting to, to the gorilla just, just going mental behind the camera and attacking the AD and everything. And I thought, that's amazing because that really gives him such a, a realistic, you know, reaction. And uh, I might have some details wrong there, but, you know, it's something like that. But do you... Do you have any sort of tips or tricks or great... Yeah. <laughs> No, but I think, I think I think that I mean you. I'm sure you, you know the real story. What 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 was happening there it was like the kid's best friend on set. I think it was a sound recorder or whatever was like um, dressed as a gorilla, and it scared the kid. Like the kid kind of reacts when he runs runs it. The little kid playing Barry reacts in a kind of like shocked fashion. Um, but then the gorilla takes its like head off, and it's his best friend. And when he yeah. when he sees that, you know, he kind of has that. Uh, you you see that little gear change in him. Um, that's the same thing I said. But, but I think I think it's like. <laughs> but that's there. Those kind of things are like you know when you're working with a kid who's. I mean, that kid who played Barry was three, I think, at the time. Um, but even even Richard Donner when he was working with the um, on the Omen, um, the kid that played Damien, like it's you have to. You, like that famous smile that he does at the end. Like yeah. you how he got that, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't. You have to tell me, how did he get that? He was just like, you know, the, the, the cam- camera was on him. And, um, and, and he was just like, don't, and, and, don't you smile. Don't you dare smile. Oh, no yeah, way. Sort of, Joe, and I read the other day, uh, this is a real one though. I read about Richard Donner because he obviously did the Goonies. Mm-hmm. And the kid that played Chunk in that, uh, his career didn't pan out and he didn't continue to act. And he asked Richard Donner, um, would he write him a reference letter because he wanted to go to college? And um, Richard Donner said, yeah, so tell me what you want me to say in the reference letter and I'll write that for you. Don't worry about it. And he wrote all about his backstory and his upbringing and what have you. And uh, Richard Donner called him up and said, I spoke to my wife and we've actually decided we want to pay for you to go to college. Oh, wow. I thought that was a beautiful little story of sort of R.I.P. R.I.P. You know, behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely a real mensch. If I'm using that term correctly, but a really good guy. One hundred percent. 
Yeah, so do you have any sort of like um, favourite moments from when you were directing kids? Um, I think, you know, um, a moment I think that you know, sticks in my head is on on Eli working with Charlie Shotwell, who, who plays the title character. And um, there's a scene in it where I think, you know, the, the, the thing that kids are great at, and I can't remember where I, 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 I read this, whether it was Spielberg or Shyamalan who said, who said this, that, that, that kids are great, they're great mimics, right? And it's like, when, when you've got, you know, if you, if you give an adult, uh, you know, a, a line reading, they'll walk off set, you know, and, and rightly so, right? Um, and, and, but with a kid, like, you know, they're, they're eight, nine years old, they, 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 you know, if you say to them, remember the time you had your heart broken, like, like they're like they're, I'm I'm eight. I don't mm. I don't know what you're talking about. You know. Yeah. So it's yeah, like yeah. you know. But when they can see, and this is why you know, you tend to if you can act a little bit, even badly, like me. Um, if they can see what you're going for, even in a very rudimentary kind of way, um, they're great at at not just mimicking it, but seeing what it is that you're after. Go, ah, okay, I see what you're doing, and and this kind of game starts to sort of better what you just did and 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 um and so you know they're they're amazing at that kind of stuff but but normally that tends to be in playing one emotion in a given scene you know you know oh right 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 and and that's the thing you know you'll find when you're working with kids is that they prepare sometimes they over prepare you know but but they prepare with a parent or a tutor or whatever right and 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 they come to set and it's like this is the scene in which I am sad, or this is the scene in which I'm excited, or this is the scene in mm. which I'm whatever. And, you know, they, they use whatever kind of, uh, you know, whether it's memories of something or whatever. Like, so they come kind of almost in that emotion that you're going to be shooting that day. But what's really hard to do, and it's hard, I mean, this is hard for adults, but they've got, you know, certain certain techniques in which to do this but but the hard thing for a kid is to do emotional gear changes in a scene right mm. um and, so that's how that spielberg thing really played into that because it was exactly yeah he was playing all the different notes with the kid yeah 100 percent. um but you know obviously that's you know if you're working with a with a 10 year old that's you know dressing up as a gorilla is not only going to go so far but um <laughs> the um so but th- there was um there's a scene in eli where where um Charlie kind of wakes up in this sort of, you know, subterranean sort of uh, lair where these, you know, you find out that they're actually nuns uh, in the stories and not, not doctors. But he finds, like, this is a spoiler in the movie, but uh, if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, spoiler alert. Fast forward. Yeah. Um, also, but, definitely check it out because the scene that I think you're talking about is uh, fantastic. Yeah, no, thanks. I, I think, I mean, that's all, char- the, the scene works because of Charlie, because like on the page, it was like these three gear changes where he, he wakes up in this place. He realizes that I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I thought I was going to die because he's been told he, he's, he has this condition and, and he can't breathe air with dust and stuff like that. He realizes that, you know, um, I'm alive and there's elation with that. And then there's a gear change to uh, realize um, that I've been lied to. Um, and his parents have lied to him his whole life. And so there's a gear change to that sort of sense of betrayal. And then that morphs into like just sheer anger. Um, mm. uh, and, and uh, you know, why did you leave me to die and, 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 and let me out? So there's three kind of like... Um, gear changes there that are that are either one of those emotions you know are, are, are and not you're that not easy. cutting for it either you're, he's playing it in the moment he plays it all in one shot yeah um at the gate you know he kind of goes up to this gate and he and he and he and he sort of you know delivers uh the brunt of the scene there but um i remember you know like kind of thinking on 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 this one i'm gonna have to find some you know what i what i'd call in in terms of like editing footage like a bunch of bananas to cut to like that that cutaway that you can just to get get you out of trouble you know i was like well let's you know let's just the mickey mouse shot and like uh in the transformation in american world from london right where suddenly it just cuts to a mickey mouse figurine on a, a coffee table right just so that they can cut between him being mid-transformation jesus 
yeah, exactly. But I was thinking, what what's my equivalent? Of, like, okay, the, the flicking light or something. But I remember thinking, this will not play in, in one. There's too many gear changes. But yeah, he nailed it. And that was definitely a, one of my favorite moments because I thought he was incredible in the scene, you know? It's like I was saying to Will on a podcast just recently that when I went horseback riding, you know, you're used to seeing people riding horses all the time in films. But then when you're on the back of a horse and a horse starts to canter and starts to gallop, it's fucking terrifying. At least it was for me. So when I watch people now in horseback scenes, I'm like, Jesus Christ, how are they doing that? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's got to be in your head, knowing what it's like on set, directing kids, that when a kid gives a stellar performance, it is like a magic trick, I suppose. Sure. Yeah, we, we, we had a similar experience. Well, actually, you're talking about mimicry there and it reminded me of um, a scene in Wolfwalkers where there's a the little girl, Robin, her dad's played by Sean Bean. And there's a s- scene where she has to come back to her, kind of like her her building and pretends like you know mimic that she's you know role play the conversation she's going to have with her dad about mm-hmm. uh about the the you know her plan to to save the people in the forest and but how we actually did that to you know she starts role playing her dad's voice and stuff like that but how we actually did that is we had sean bean across from her he would read the lines and she would do her best attempt at impersonating right. him <laughs> and he was like all right my dear and she would go all right man and it was actually gassing them on but she was nailing it every time like she was just like <laughs> d- literal mimicry in that in that instance That's yeah funny. so i asked on twitter and what i was going to do because a lot of the films that we love well they've come up in the past mm-hmm. and great kid performances have been a part of those so i was going to swerve past them because I got bombarded with a load of answers and just mentioned the ones to both of you guys that we've not talked about on the podcast so far, but people think they've got amazing performances, central performances from a kid. And the ones that came up, I'll tell you, first of all, I was really surprised that some of the major child stars didn't get mentioned. You know, the, the people like um, uh, the Harry Potter kids. Harry, let's face it, what you're a cunt. Or Macaulay Culkin, or The Goonies, or Shirley Temple, even though I don't think we've got people in their 80s uh, listening to the podcast. (laughs) But the ones that I've got here a list of, people mentioned Haley Joel Osment in The Sixth Sense. Mm -hmm. I see dead people. (laughs) This shit is awesome. Yeah, he was a gifted child actor because he nailed it again in AI. Haley Steinfeld in True Grit. Yeah, let the right one in. The two kids from yeah, that. Yeah, the, 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 the original. The original. Yeah. I'm not going to say their names, but they sound like this. Kåre Hedebrand, Lena Leanderson, Connor Chapman and Cleo Barnard's The Selfish Giant, Hugh O'Connor in My Left Foot, Hugh O'Connor in Lamb. I want to give a shout out to Hugh O'Connor in Lamb. His first appearance, and it's an it's a, an Irish film seen by very very few people. Also starring Liam Neeson. I'm pretty sure. Lamb is available to watch on YouTube for anyone interested. The picture really? quality wow. isn't great, but I thought I'd mention. I'm the only, well, my, myself and Hugh O'Connor, I'm like, I'm an advocate for Lamb. And he was only five. I think he was, well, he'll know. He was very young in that, and it was a powerful performance. That'll be an express trip back to the home for you in prison for me. God! I thought you had more sense. Big fucker. Big fucker. Uh, the kids from City of God. Oh. I thought that they were non-actors, but I suppose that doesn't really matter, does it? If they're giving a great performance, they're giving a great performance. Mm-hmm. There was a moment in that film where the, one of the kids got shot in the foot and just the terror in their faces. I just thought, this this doesn't feel like it's make-believe for these kids. This feels like it's really traumatising them. Yeah. Jacob Tremblay in The Room. That film fucking levelled me. I saw that in LA at a, sort of a pre-award show screening uh, and Lenny Abramson, who directed it, was in attendance. And uh, the film just... It, it hit me and uh, I was so sort of like moved by it that I couldn't go up and say to Lenny that I loved the film because I was afraid I was going to start crying if I tried to tell him how much I loved it so I actually left and I sent him a message afterwards saying that I thought it was beautiful but yeah Jacob Tremblay when he's escaping from the the, the room um, oh, it's powerful stuff I love that film track Wiggle out, jump, run, somebody. And he's also brilliant in a comedy that came out, I think it was last year, called um, Good Boys. Oh, 
Oh, is that the one with the kind of like the Seth Rogen yeah. one, the Judd Apatow type? But they're like eight, nine, ten-year-olds. It's uh, yeah. hilarious. I haven't, I haven't seen that. It's good. Yeah, you should watch it. You'll get a crack at it. Hey, kids. As you know, I am one of the producers on your movie, Good Boys. And unfortunately, I'm here with bad news. You guys cannot watch the trailer for your own movie. What? Are you Come serious? On. Are you kidding? It's just too messed up for kids your age. There's drugs, there's violence, there's swearing. And although we've decided it's okay for you to do these things in the movie... You can't watch yourselves do them in the trailer. That's well, fucked up. Oh, it is fucked up. Yeah. You can say that. But yeah. You can't watch yourself say that. Okay, I gotta watch that. Okay, very good. And The Florida Project, Brooklyn Prince. Which I haven't seen. Oh, it's beautiful. I have to watch that. Have you seen it, Kieran? Uh, I have not. I'm pretty mm. sure it's on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. It's a film about a, a little girl that's living in a motel, and her yeah. mother has got addiction issues. And she finds uh, a best friend and then she has to leave. And the scene I think that breaks everybody's heart is when the girl's about six, when she knocks at the door of her uh, friend and she says, don't leave. You let her just run away? And I'm the one who's unfit? Fuck you! Jancy, come, honey. It's time to eat. We're just about to have lunch. Are you hungry? Luna, you want a bowl, honey? Luna, what's wrong? Lucy, por favor, look at this. Please. You're scaring me. You're my best friend, and this may be the only time I'm going to see you again. What's going on? Okay, just wait right here, okay? Don't move. <laughs> I can't say it. And oh. then there is a coda, which I don't particularly love. I, I wish they they left it at that moment where she's at the door. Okay. Uh, but the coda, they, they sort of go... Spoiler alert. ...on a sort of um, a fun day out through Disneyland in... Uh, Florida. Oh, yeah. As I get to concede, it's still like in one of those, like, you know, motels that's right across from Disneyland. But yeah, not, that's it. Yeah. yeah. But it ends with a sort of a GoPro sort of um, uh, sequence where they're running around and there's this sort of sound of like Disney music that's playing. And right. I just didn't like that because the, the whole aesthetic changed. And I just thought, no, this is, um, it was a happy ending that I didn't think it, it, it fit. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful film. And Isabella Furman in Orphan. Remember that horror film? Oh, yeah. Oh, what age was she? I, she confused me. I was See? genuinely... Yeah, I was really confused by that one. I made a note to mention that because I thought that she was actually a 30-year-old or a 20-year-old woman that so was playing I. a child. Yeah. But no, she was actually a 13-year-old playing a 33-year-old pretending to be a 10-year-old. Whoa. Wow. That is a great performance. <laughs> <laughs> that was I. Well, I'm. I, I was tricked to this day until you said that right there. I thought it was she was an older yeah. lady. My goodness. Jesus Christ! My God! Stop! 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 Just stop talking and go upstairs. Go to your room. Stop talking to me like I'm a child. I'm calling Sister Judith tomorrow. We're going to have a conversation about your future in this house. Because I can't do it. I just I can't do it anymore. Fine. Those are the ones that uh, people on Twitter mentioned. But Will, where was your head at and what is your favourite scene or favourite movie to begin with? My head was all over the shop and um, and you kind of mentioned a couple of the places I was going to go. Uh, ultimately, I ended up with an actor that you've mentioned in the list there and it was um, Haley Joel in The Sixth Sense. I see dead people. Although technically, I don't know if he's the protagonist of that film. He's certainly a protagonist of his own story, I suppose. But... Um, I think the the character is so it's so beautifully uh, crafted, but his performance is so mature and so measured. And the scene that I love from that film is the scene near the end when he's stuck in traffic with his mother, and it's the moment where she realizes that, in actual fact, her son she's she hasn't believed him up to this point, but she realizes that you know her her son does actually see ghosts, and it's absolutely devastating because it's Tony Collette's um, performance as well asks, back to him yeah it's Tony Collette yeah it's the two of them it's and it's not a fancy it's not 
It doesn't have fancy camera angles. It's just a, you know, a, a, you know, a simple two shot. And uh, she, oh, at the ending of that scene where she... It turns her into a child. Yeah, because not only does she believe in him, but she immediately goes to, uh, she asks about her own mother. Mm. And uh, Haley Joel Osmus delivers, delivers a message from her mother to her. And it still gives, I just watched it today and it gives me tingles. And as much as, you know, I suppose M. Night Shyamalan has been, has had a kind of a, an up and down career. He certainly, when he was on fire, he was absolutely fantastic. And I think that's a pretty great film. So that's the, my pick for this particular topic. So yeah, what do you think of that? Love it. Grandma says hi. She says she's sorry for taking the bumblebee pendant. She just likes it a lot. What? Grandma comes to visit me sometimes. Oh, that's very wrong. Grandma's gone, you know that. I know. She wanted me to tell you. Oh, please. She stop. wanted me to tell you she saw you dance. She said. When you were little, you and her had a fight right before your dance recital. You thought she didn't come to see you dance. She did. She hid in the back so you wouldn't see. She said you were like an angel. She said you came to the place where they buried her. her a question. She said, the answer is every day. What did you ask? Yeah, and it's such an earnest film as well. It, it It's amazing to think about that they were on set and they were saying to M. Night, are you sure you want this scene where he's saying to Bruce Willis, I see dead people. And he's like, you're, you're telling everybody that Bruce Willis Spoiler alert. is a ghost. And that never registered with me. I was like aware that there was a twist no. in the film. It had not been spoiled for me. And I, I was watching it thinking, what is this twist? What, what the fuck could it be? And then when it came at the end, it was like, wow, did he trick me? But it didn't feel like a con job. Yeah. It just felt like it was a a beautiful sort of like reveal. Like when somebody is like doing origami and you think, what the fuck are they doing? And then they reveal what it is. It's like, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Have you seen it, Kieran? Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, that's no, fantastic. More importantly, have I stolen your pick? You haven't. I mean, he was, he was, he was either number two or number three. I could, I, it was three. I couldn't, I couldn't decide between, but that's not oh, who God. I went with now. I'm relieved. I'm relieved. <laughs> well, then I suppose we should find out what your pick is. My pick is. I could, yeah, I couldn't decide between Haley Joel Adams in The Sixth Sense, Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Fuck me! Fuck me! <laughs> And who I'm going to go with being Henry Thomas in E.T. Hey, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I think so it was glad. kind of conspicuous because we were not mentioning it throughout the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, shit. Um, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, and you've worked with Henry Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, I worked with him on, on, on The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, lovely, lovely guy. Tell us everything. <laughs> what did he say? He likes to visit Hoth uh, in, in, in Dublin, so that's, that's something. Um, but, uh, well, you know, nobody's can perfect. You, can I ask you, did he say what E.T. really was like? Like, was he a dickhead on set? <laughs> no, or, you it, know, it was one of those things was, we actually didn't talk about. We ended up, like, talking about more about, like, just life. Because <laughs> you kind of assume, like, you know, at certain, like he must just get asked yeah. about this constantly. And, and yeah. we didn't talk much about it. I, I, I told him... The story about my my friend uh, and his brother who went to Universal Studios and the younger brother uh, ended up kind of breaking the E.T. ride. And he was in stitches uh, of laughter at that. <laughs> How did he do that? He, he, he yeah, had, I'm curious. Um, Don't tell me he had something to do with diarrhea. <laughs> but basically when you, when you were going when you're going into the ride now this would have been like I was 15 when this happened so my friend Cahill and his 
His younger brother was like five or six years younger than him and stuff like that. So he was like eight or nine, his younger brother. But but when you when you entered the ride, you gave the, the kind of uh, attendant, you, you gave them your name and they typed it out and they gave you kind of this badge that was like almost like an early form of like that kind of Siri voice that would read it and then would say, you know. Ah, oh, like um, Podbot. Like pod, like, exactly like Podbot. What's that but, now? Mm-hmm. I was busy watching your levels. Podbot. Just but, as, <laughs> as they were... <laughs> Entering the ride, so my friend's name is Kahal, which is C A T H A L, right? Um, and so uh, <laughs> you you get on the bike like in ET, and it's like you know, kind of a a screen. It feels like you're flying and stuff. But as you're leaving the ride, there was this incredible animatronic of of ET, and it was you know, it was quite kind of like and 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 it it moved and uh, it set it, as you left. It, I guess it read your your name tag or whatever, right? And as you left, he would say, bye-bye, John. But um, my my friend uh, Carl goes through, like he's first, he goes through and and E.T. says, bye-bye, Katal, right? Which is (laughs) close enough, right? But his younger brother's uh, name was Rory, but it was spelt the Irish way. So it was R-U-A-I-D-H-I-D-H. It was just like like the (laughs) full-on thing, right? Yeah. And and uh, he goes through and he's all excited because he's, he's like eight and stuff and and ET goes bye bye. <laughs> it, 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 it paused and it started shuddering. ET's having a fit. Rory's face was melting at this point and 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 then two technicians rushed in and unscrewed his head. Yeah. And and so um so the, yeah there was all these kind of like screaming kids but yeah uh, he, he got a cake but um but yeah for years he became Rory who who killed ET but but the um but lovely lovely guy but I think you know his his um his performance in ET like not only really affected me when I saw it as a as a kid how old were you when you saw it I, were you the same age as him or younger no I would have been younger like so he um. I'm 79, so I would have. I think. I My was, God, you look good for your age. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, w- I guess I would have seen a, a, a rerun or something of it because I don't. Actually, I'm not sure. Did films come out the same year in Ireland back then? Like, if something came out in '82 in the states, did it come out '82 here? I think it might have been the following year or something like that because it was one of the first films I was taken to yeah. when I was very small. But so I was about. We were born the same year, so I was about yeah. three or four, and I have yeah, a vague yeah, memory yeah, of it. It would have been about. Four, I guess, yeah. But it really affected me because there was, you know, a, 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 you know, there was a kid in it who wasn't that much older than me. And then when I saw it again, like through the years, it just always sort of stuck with me. And maybe there's a bias there because you kind of grow up with it and, and all of that kind of stuff. But arguably, like it's these, a beautiful film, though. It it just it holds it's up. Probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, depending on my mood in a given week. It's it's definitely in my my top three movies of all time. But I think it's Spielberg's favorite movie of of his own. Is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, and what was it? Roger Ebert described Henry's performance as the best child performance he'd ever seen in an American film. And I, I think it's like he he hits that nail on the head, what we were talking about earlier on, of, of that Goldilocks zone between a kid that is super authentic for a kid of that age. You know, it doesn't, he doesn't feel like he's 30-year-old in a 10-year-old's body. Like, he feels like he's a kid of the age he's meant to be portraying. But at the same time, he he delivers a, an incredible performance. Like, I'm sure you've all seen the, the casting tape, the audition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. In, incredible. But, um, all, I mean, all the kids in, in that movie are, are just brilliant. And, yeah, Spielberg seems to be, you know, obviously Christian Bale then in... Emperor the Sun and um, oh yeah 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 the kids in uh, you've reminded me there of two French films that I should have mentioned in that list uh, one because of the audition of uh, Henry Thomas in E T and it is Jean Pierre I think it's Liaud in the Four Hundred Blows if you can look up his audition for that film it's also just magnificent that this kid is a bit of a street urchin and he's trying to uh, convinced the director that he's a star and he could be in this movie and he's great and uh, his mother lets him do what he wants and you can just tell it's all bravado and he's so desperate to please and there's just so much energy it's a, it's a fantastic audition so like when I think of great auditions it's those two that always pop up for me mm. and the other one is because you mentioned mm. uh, Roger Ebert talking about it being his favourite child performance 
by a kid in an American film uh, because he also talked about a film called Ponette, which is a French film, and it's about a four-year-old girl whose mother dies. And the whole film is from the four-year-old's perspective uh, of trying to, I suppose, make sense of what does death mean as a four-year-old when her mother is killed in a car crash with her. And you were talking about um, Henry Thomason, but I wanted to know, did you have a specific uh, best bit or a favourite scene from that film that you want to bring up? Yeah, I think I think my favorite scene uh of of Henry is is one, like like you were saying about, you know, the sixth sense like, you know, when you've got another actor to to bounce off of, it's it's a little not that it's easier, but it gives people something to work with. Um but when you don't have anything there, it's 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 miraculous to me and and I think my favorite scene in it and it has a, you talk about a great gear change. It's the scene where E.T. is dead for all intents and purposes. Must be dead. He's invited to say his final words to him. Because I don't know how to feel. Over this cryo chamber. Yeah. I can't feel anything anymore. You've gone someplace else now. And he, he's just incredible in the scene. And you're kind of tearing up as he's talking to his, his dead friend. I don't believe in you all my life. Every day. E.T. I love you. And as he closes the thing over, you see the red of the of E.T.'s heart come on. And, and for a split second, he doesn't see it. So there's that great audience anticipation. It's like he didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. Just look around and see. And then and then I see the plant come back to life. And then he, he opens it again. And, and he, he's like, E.T. phone home. Imagine that scene playing in the cinema and the audience yeah. just like inhaling. Oh my god. ET phone home, ET phone home. And now he's he's gear changed to being overjoyed, but now he also has to get him to shut up. You know, covering his mouth. And then he has to fake yeah. being sad. For the adults, yeah. he's like, so he's kind of purposefully bad acting, you know, in the moment, saying, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Elliot, why, <laughs> Elliot, why don't you come with me? No. 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 And then, and then he switches out of that again when he sees like the plant kind of smiling and laughing and then having to hide that again and... I just think that scene is incredible, and no matter how well it was written and how well it was directed, without Henry and an incredible performance at the center of it, it would not have worked. I'm so glad you asked, Will, because that that really is the whole point of this episode. You just really nailed it. Great there. stuff, Kieran. <laughs> you give me goosebumps just thinking about that that scene. And Kevin, what about you? Are we going to get to your pick? Yeah. And, for the first time in Best Bits history, my pick is the same as Kieran. Oh, what? <laughs> How could it not? I'm a basic bitch, and uh, oh my God. I, would, I would not be able to... Well, you know, I have to um, go up my gut. And I was trying to think, what could I say as an alternative? Because yeah. I think, you know, you've said it better than I ever could. My favourite scene... You know, I think it would come second to what you're saying because I just loved what you just said about that moment with Henry Thomas and all the different um, colours that he had to, to portray in that moment. But for me, it's the ending. It's when he's just standing there with E.T. and it's it's it, it's correcting the mistakes of Close Encounters where Richard Dreyfus decides to leave his family and to go off with the aliens. Elliot has the opportunity and mm-hmm. E.T. saying, um. the kid that hated his family at the beginning, saying stay Stay. I just find that so beautiful and it's got one of my favourite things in movies which is it just ends on a close up of a face Mm -hmm. and it's his face and it's so powerful the music and everything 
Beautiful, you, no perfect of an ending. Ouch. But my second choice uh, is one which is forgotten, I think, by a lot of people, and it's Flight of the Navigator. And so if I had to go with my runner-up, it would be that, because oh. that is a great story. Wow. Uh, it's a lot more light uh, than E.T., um, because it's a bit of a... You've got a goofy sort of robotic sidekick in that. But um, in terms of pioneering films, which has been forgotten about, uh, Flight and Navigator sort of paved the way for all the sort of CG effects that we're sort of used to now in films. And um, it's mm-hmm. one that... If you go back and you revisit it, I think you'll be charmed by it and uh, you'll realise what a great film it is and why it should be held up um, more uh, in pop culture. And I think it has to do with the fact that the kid in that didn't have a great career after it. He didn't become an established name. Really? So it's really just one and done for him. He's just in that. and, and yeah. He had some troubles as well. He was in trouble with the law and stuff, but I think he's bounced back from that. But... Uh, yeah, and I think I have a couple. Ter- and that's the end a of the episode. Cover and, so, and the, thanks. The gas thing. Yeah, excuse me, Kevin. Pod bot. Stop it, Kevin. Don't end the episode. I'm still here. Actually, the gas thing about it is, yeah, I my number one choice you know, when I first thought about it was Henry Thomas, and I just went, oh Jesus, I can't. And so um, I tried to go in other places. I, you know, one that never really comes up. I was secretly hoping that all three of us would say the same thing. <laughs> there was a moment it would have happened. Um, one that I absolutely loved that I think people forget was a young a, a young person performance was Leonardo DiCaprio in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought he was amazing in that film. He plays like, you know, um, you know, mentally challenged young man. And um, he was, it, it's it's really heart-wrenching, you know, the, the, the sincerity that comes across in his performances. Uh, he's the heart of that film. And... Um, I I, th- I think he's he was it showed that he was a brilliant actor from that young age. Uh, Natalie Portman, did you bring her up in the in Leon the professional? Okay. I did. And uh, of course, you're saying protagonists, so I was kind of avoiding characters that kind of might have been side characters. Um, but there's also another kind of obscure 1980s one that I really liked was one of the Corys, not Corey Feldman, but Corey Haim. You yeah, Corey, Corey I, Haim. one of the the sad sort of um uh, yeah another tragic story yeah but he start he started in a film called Lucas which is one of these kind of coming of age nineteen eighties films I think a young Renona Ryder is in that as well and it's a lovely and Charlie Sheen oh yeah Charlie Sheen's in that as well I think that, you know in that role you see Corey Haim as a, like you know a bookish uh, nerd and um and he's the two a, Corys are great in the Lost Boys as well yeah. They really were, you know, it's unfortunate what, what happened to the, the poor kids, like, you know. But that's an example, two examples of, like, the industry just being, not taking care of kids and um, the, when, when it goes wrong. It worked really. out for DiCaprio. There you go. There you I go. also forgot so, to yeah. mention um, Elliot Page. Uh, so, you know, uh, what was it, Hard Candy? Um, the first film they were in. And... Anna Chomolsky's in My Girl, which I didn't mention because we've mentioned that in the past. Nobody mentioned nobody mentioned Sersha. Oh yes, because I wanted oh, to mention, yeah. but she's again she's a side character in Atonement. But, right, uh, yeah, 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 she's great, and of course, yeah, you know, proving herself to be a movie star. So that was a good chat. Yeah, I learned a lot about kids uh, acting in movies. Five stars on Apple Podcasts, please. Yeah, five stars in my book, lads. <laughs> so now, Kieran, as you probably are aware, we've got to spin the wheel and find out what next week's topic is going to be. So I've sent you the app. It's on your phone. All you got to do is just hit spin. And, Will, good luck. Well, I Take okay. it away, Kieran. Here we go. Cut you off, Will. Okay. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just projecting all my good vibes into the wheel. Torture porn scene. It's gone. It's gone. We're not doing that again. It's just gone. (laughs) I've kept that veto card, by the way. Okay. So it's best 2D animated scene. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> fix. Yeah, well, like, it feels it feels like a fix. It feels like a fix. Um, yeah, anyway, um, great. So, so just one scene on that wheel that was just spinning around. There was Kieran, else. thanks very much. I'm so glad you allowed me to send you the wheel this week, Kieran. Um, uh, the envelope that, uh, you know, we discussed about will be, you know, delivered to you soon. Great. And... Um, this is going to be difficult. I honestly, I'm going to have to bring in some allies, and um, yeah, we'll have to call on someone. Oh, I wonder who you can ask. It must be really difficult to find a suitable <laughs> someone guest. who might know something about animated stuff. Um, I'll, I'll, oh, that'll be fun, yeah. though. Yeah, I'll look. I'm looking forward. We haven't really done an animation episode yet, so no, we did Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but that was like um, a blend. Yeah, that was something else. Yeah, I can't remember. It was season one anyway? But Kieran, thanks very oh, much. Pleasure. I'm I'm delighted that. Uh, no, it was great to have you on. And Kieran, where can where can people find you? Uh, my number is oh eight six. No, um, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't really do the whole social media thing, do you? Not much. I am on Twitter, but I think I'm there like in spirit. I don't. I don't. I'm not on there that much. Wise, wise man. <laughs> You're a wise but man. I'm at Citadel Foy on Twitter, um, and then I'm on Instagram, but. Um, but yeah, not uh, don't spend too much time on that stuff. Being an influencer on Instagram. <laughs> Check me out here. Two nights stay down in uh, Kilkenny. Loved it. Hashtag promotion. <laughs> Hashtag ad. And if you want to follow us uh, on the social media sphere, we have a LinkedIn account, don't we, Will? Not LinkedIn, Kevin. Letterboxd. No, not Letterboxd. LinkedIn. Letterboxd. I was like going, LinkedIn? <laughs> I was looking at your face thinking, what was that? Yeah, I've just dropped a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Hire me. Um, no, we're on yeah. Letterboxd. And uh, we have a Facebook, so your nan can mm-hmm. follow us. And um, we're on Twitter under at Best Bits Pod. And you can email us, as we say every week. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And we also have a Redbubble store now with merch. So if you want to support the podcast and you don't want to donate to us, you can buy a pin. What sort of st- what you- so you can get stuff on Redbubble? What sort of stuff? Baseball caps, t-shirts, coasters, oh everything. Like <laughs> tat. You can buy whatever tat you wow. want. And a percentage <laughs> will go to us. And uh, My wife is going to have a wonderful Christmas morning this year. <laughs> She's just going to be over the moon. We're going to be the band that wears all their own band merch. So cool. Well, that was brilliant. Listen, Kieran, thanks a million. Thank you. I'm sure we'll, we'll speak again soon. Back next Take week. Take care. Good luck. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks, guys. The Best Bits Podcast is produced by Will and Kevin. All audio clips and music heard in this episode is the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. If you have any notes, comments, scene suggestions, or just want to get in touch with us, email us at bestbitspodcast at gmail.com. And here is a clip from the lads' latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. Mini bits. Another new episode. Of this Patreon podcast. Patreon podcast. Exclusive. Exclusive. The best bits podcast will Kevin, how are you? Hi, honey. How are you? Oh, you know, I've got this. I've got my corn sorted out. I went to the shop this the other day, and uh, she Your said, "Corn, uh, my corns." Did you, ever get, did you ever get corns? No. Did you know what a corn is? Yeah, it's a bunion on your foot, isn't it? Yeah, like in between your toes and stuff like that. Do you, do you not wear any shoes like around the house? You walk no, barefoot. I, I, I wear no. It's the opposite. GA shorts. It's the opposite. I wear incredibly tight shoes. Like those Chinese women oh. who get their feet bound, who had their feet bound, like, you know, before the turn of this yeah. last century. And so they had incredible corns and bunions. This is a great opener for a mini bits episode where we get people disgusted. Squally, it's episode 73 of the mini bits. <laughs> I'm Kevin, you're Will. 
This is yeah. our Patreon podcast. Thank you to all our lovely patrons. Yeah. A few of you have jumped in recently. I don't know what we said. We try to goad people into joining up every single episode. And then every so often, it's like a lot of people join because of one specific episode. And yeah. I'm like, what did we, how did we say it? What did we say on that episode that's different <laughs> to the other 270 episodes? Maybe it didn't sound as desperate. Maybe we said, don't join. Maybe reverse psychology. That's how we should do it. Reverse psychology. Don't join up to our patron. Don't. <laughs> cancel. You don't des- Everybody cancel. <laughs> you don't deserve to be in this group. We don't want you. We don't we like don't the look need of you. you. We, don't, we don't need anybody. <laughs> it's just us. It's absolutely just us. Hey, should we tell people? We, we did, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't say it on mic, especially so early. We did an interview with the Irish Examiner last Friday. We did. Yeah. And uh, how do you think yeah. I, how do you think I did? I, I, I think you did all right. Like you didn't interrupt me once. So I was <laughs> delighted with how I came across, but, you know, there's no sort of time limit on this. We don't know when it's going to get posted. One of our friends was saying, Kathy at the cinema was saying that their interview with, did they do the examiner as well? It was six uh, months yeah. before it posted. And, and the Guardian, I'm pretty sure they were, they were profiled in the Guard- Guardian as well. Yeah, but we don't do any really promotion. Like nah. we don't do anything. Well, this is our first time getting any sort of like proper coverage, which is going to be mad. So um, uh, listen to all you listeners who have uh, found us before we explode. You're, 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 you're an OG. Bust. You're an OG <laughs> listener before Kevin starts getting gold chains from all his Patreon dash. I think I'm more of a silver than a gold. I think oh, yeah. my uh, undertones suit more silver. But, uh, yeah. I just want to die. Those I, are my Prince Albert. Uh, <laughs> your hat? <laughs> yeah. I Speaking of, of the, which. I want one of those diamond studs in my tooth. That's all I want. So I can go bing whenever I'm on a call. Oh, uh, yeah. Bing. I usually just, you know, wink and that glints. Yeah. Like starlight twinkle. <laughs> Speaking of which, I interrupted you. What, what, we, what, did, what did you want to speak of? Which? Start the time. Oh. I forgot. You may as well. Start the timer. They, all, all these lucky losers are listening in and, and they're wondering, what are we going to be talking about? But we have to start talking about them after Yeah, we, we say goodbye. But look, I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, you've seen a few things. You've seen the new Godzilla film. Yes. I've seen the first Omen. Uh, I saw Scoop as well. That, oh, uh, we're looking Netflix forward to watching thing. that. We already okay. Okay. I'll save my thoughts. And right. I am... Um, what else did I see? I made notes, but sure, it doesn't really matter. I think I saw it. And I was going to go through all the summer releases and see what oh, takes your fancy. Okay, okay. I'm looking forward because I don't actually know what's what's on the horizon. So, um, I'm well, the Joker two trailer came out today. I saw it. Yes, I watched that. Hmm. It reminded me of Chicago. Yeah, it's kind of like you see. It's all very much in the mind's eye. It, they're calling it a jukebox musical. Am I right in saying that? I think you're right in saying that. So, look. Hey, listen, uh, I actually, what it, what it did remind me of <laughs> was that I want to watch, rewatch The Joker because I saw it in the cinema and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It was kind of a bold new direction. Uh, I'm just going to go cinema. back and watch the episodes from the Batman 66 show, the Joker episodes. Oh yeah, that's going to be... Just to fill me in like on the lore, you know, get up <laughs> to speed. Get you right up to speed. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be there going, where... Where are all the guys in the purple suits with the masks? Where when are they going to show up? And like it's you know, a weird time though, where we have the Penguin TV show with Colin Farrell coming out, which is a totally different canon version of the Penguin. Then you have this offshoot of Joker, which is its own universe entirely. Mm. And then you have the old Batman films that you can watch. Right, and, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just I don't know. I'm kind There's of so many IP. But like it's this, just everywhere. what well, what's happened is the world, the comic book world, has very much entered the the film world. Is where you could have different runs, totally different runs of a character by it's different insane. authors, and there would be totally different riffs on it and stuff. Oh, oh, it's this is the insane. thing, Kevin. <laughs> so I'm only catching up on this. You mentioned it to me on a on a pod on a podcast. What was it on one of those? Uh, it was the last. Show? It was the last mini bits. Uh, I you, think. S- you said everyone's describing stuff as insane recently. And have you started noticing it though? Only, only, only with people trying to raise you. 
That's the only type, only where place where I've noticed people. No, people on Discord are trying to every, raise you. Oh my god! Oh my god! I could start posting now, like um, tweets, comments, TikToks, uh, articles, anything. Insane is everywhere. This is insane. That's insane. It's insane. There was a festival just going on about this insane lineup. Okay. I was like, oh, it's a mentally ill lineup. Okay. <laughs> it's just it's it's everywhere. And the other, th- do you know the other thing that's also bothering me lately? Wow. Wow. And this has been bothering me for years and years and years. It used to be that everyone used to misspell definitely. They'd go defiantly. Okay. Oh, it's defiantly whatever. They were just, they were morons. But no, I just keep noticing everyone keeps spelling a lot as one word. A-L-O-T. A yeah. lot. Where has, where have they gotten into their heads that a lot is one word? It's the same way that people will write every time as one word. What's the one that you've you've pulled me up on a few times and I can't get it right? Compliment. Compliment. I can't, <laughs> but I can't get it right. It's like the you I. Because I told you the other day. Yeah, and I went searching for it and I couldn't find it because I had to actually had to an, use it. If there's an I in compliment, it's yeah. I'm paying you oh, a compliment. That's a good way to remember it. Okay, good. And then compliment. I, I wrote that to you. But you did. And I went to try and find it because I was I would found myself writing the word compliments. And I went, shit, Kevin. But, I, but you, you gave me a thumbs up, which meant, in my world that yeah I read that thanks but I did right I'm talking about a couple of days later when I was faced with the exact same hurdle of writing the word compliment I went okay what did Kevin say again about compliment there's an I and the E what did he say so I went searching for it and I found it I think and I went oh the I is paying me a compliment or I'm giving you it's a compliment it's insane how little you can retain information it's insane <laughs> Come here, let's start talking about what we watched. Come on. Did you start the timer? Yeah, it's it's gone. It's ticking. It's ticking down. The world's going oh, to explode. Do you know what I have to put in the sound effect. I have to. I have to line oh. up all my sound effects. When you said start I the have timer, like, I have a whole it's... fucking. I have a whole soundboard. Here. Okay. Jesus Christ, where's my fucking what? Where's my ding dang ding? Here we go. The timer has started. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right. 